Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hello there. You're about to watch an episode of The Daily Show. That means there's some news and some jokes on the way. So if you like laughing and news, you're in the right place, honey. Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show. Tonight, inflation, gonna inflate, Elon Musk rules Twitter, and Dawn Staley, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Yesterday, yesterday was our first show back with a live audience, and it was super exciting. It's been so much fun. But I, I do want to acknowledge something really quickly, and this, this is completely true. After the show aired, there were a number of people on social media who said they were sad because, quote, it's not just me and Trevor anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I felt that. And I, I just wanted to say to all of those people, yes, what we had was special. <laughs> we had two very good years together, and... I will always treasure that. I, I really will. I'll treasure that in my heart. But, but ultimately, I just... I needed to see other people. <laughs> I, a lot of other people. You know? And, and, and please remember this. Please remember this. Please remember. We still have our thing, okay? There's just gonna be a lot of people watching while we do it, okay? <laughs> Anyway, we have a really good show tonight. Our guest led South Carolina women's basketball to the championship, and she's a Hall of Famer, and she's a gold medalist. Dawn Staley is here, everybody. That's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm hoping she can help me work on my game. But first, let's do it. Let's jump into today's headlines. All right, let's kick things off with some big economic news about inflation. You know, inflation. The reason your grandfather is always bragging about, I paid seven cents for a movie ticket in 1972. (laughs) And it was a porno movie, yeah. (laughs) Back in my day, you had to see them in the theaters. Yeah, you couldn't just pull them up on PubHub like you kids do. (laughs) You had to remember the scene and go home and try and recreate the feeling. (laughs) 
Sometimes you'd see a friend on the way home and you'd have to be like, shut up, Jerry, stop talking. I'm trying to remember the boobs. And then I'd finally get home and your grandmother would say, were you at one of those movies again? And I'd say, shut up, Cheryl, I'm trying to remember those boobs. And then finally I got to yank my crank and it would be boobs and Jerry and your grandmother in my head. And the point is things cost a lot less back then. So yes, inflation. <laughs> it's getting worse and it's affecting everything. The breaking news this morning, the U.S. Labor Department out with new inflation numbers this morning. They're high, the highest inflation, in fact, rate in the U.S. in more than 40 years. When you look at the sectors, it is gas, it is shelter, it is food, it is used cars. These are numbers that year over year have had big, big increases in prices. This is a situation where just about everything is going up. Eight and a half percent inflation increase year over year. That's a strong, strong number. The highest since December 1981, when Raiders of the Lost Ark was number one at the box office. Ronald Reagan was president and unemployment was pushing 10%. Seriously? This inflation is taking us back to 1981. I don't want to go back to 1981. First of all, there's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Secondly, I could never pull off a Jericho, people. <laughs> actually, actually, I take that back. I take that back. Yeah, maybe I can. All right. Doesn't look bad. Silk Sonic, you call me, baby. Yeah, we're doing this. But yeah, people, because the economy opened up suddenly and the government gave everyone money, everyone is spending again, but the supply chain issues, so there's not enough products for the people to buy, and that drives the prices up. And then on top of that, Vladimir Putin decided that, oh, now would be a nice time to Airbnb Eastern Ukraine by force, raising oil prices, which makes everything more expensive. And that's what's happening. It's gonna happen to all of us. And so because of all of that, inflation is rising faster or higher than the price of Bitcoin, you know, which is, sorry, wait, no, no, Bitcoin's down again. Sorry, my bad, ignore that, ignore that. So wait, oh, it's up again, it's up again. It's the future, all right, it's the future. So the point is, wait, it's down again. Which, which got, is it a scam or is it the future, guys? The point is, everything has gotten expensive. So expensive that even Bed Bath & Beyond coupons are starting to get all cocky with us. Well, well, well! <laughs> Who's the junk mail now? <laughs> yeah, used to throw me away. I guess my 20% offer isn't clogging up your mailbox anymore, is it? <laughs> Mother <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> Here's the thing, man. Inflation is bad for everybody, right? It doesn't just hurt your wallet. It makes life harder for people, and it makes you feel crazy, you know? Because you'll be in the store and you'll be like, Yesterday, this avocado was $3, now it's six. Are you gaslighting me, avocado? <laughs> All right, let's move on to someone who is definitely not affected by inflation, Elon Musk, <laughs> billionaire businessman and proud African-American. <laughs> One of Musk's favorite things to do is get high and post trolley memes on Twitter, but recently he transformed himself into the most powerful Twitter troll of all time. You see, Musk, recently bought enough stock to make him the company's largest shareholder. Yeah, and apparently he was supposed to join the board of directors as well, but now for some reason, there's been a change of plans. 
Elon Musk deciding not to join Twitter's board of directors. That's according to Twitter's CEO. But even as an outsider, Musk may still be able to influence the company. His decision means he's no longer limited to owning just about 15% of Twitter. That would have been a condition if he had joined the board. Now some analysts suggesting he could bolster his stake and eventually establish control of the company. Yeah, that's right. Elon Musk has his sights set on Twitter. And whether or not he decides to take it over, you do realize he is still the largest shareholder, which means... Twitter is his baby now. Yeah. That means any minute he's going to rename it TW ampersand Zeta. <laughs> 69. <laughs> and look, I know a lot of people don't like Elon Musk. They think he's controversial, all these things. I, I will say this, man. One thing you have to admit is that he makes being a billionaire look fun. You know? <laughs> no, it has its perks. Elon was annoyed by Twitter, and so what did he do? He bought it. <laughs> yeah, tell me we all wish we didn't have that power, huh? <laughs> Imagine if when the airline told you that you were bumped from your flight, you could just buy the airline. <laughs> As opposed to now, where we just act like there's anything we can do. <laughs> oh, oh really? The flight's overbooked? Well, you know what? I'm just gonna buy another seat <laughs> on a less convenient flight. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna know my name. Are you, can I get my money back first? I need to move it over to the... 14 days? I can't wait 14 days. Now, apparently one of the things Elon wants to change about Twitter is he wants to stop the censorship of conservative voices. And there's even speculation that he could force Twitter to let Donald Trump back onto the platform. Yeah. Oh, you guys don't like Donald Trump? Oh. I didn't make a note of that. All right. And you have to admit, getting Trump back on Twitter would be weird, guys. I mean, he, he, think about it, he's so behind. <laughs> like, he's got like a whole year of hot takes that he saved up. He's gonna come back on the planet and be like, apparently there's a big ship stuck in the Suez Canal. <laughs> what a loser. I like ships that don't get stuck. <laughs> Fresh take. <laughs> All right, but let's move on to another global problem, COVID-19. Here in America, life has pretty much returned to normal as cases have fallen drastically around the country. You know, you don't even have to cancel plans as a safety precaution anymore. You can just go back to canceling plans because you don't actually like any of your friends. <laughs> but, but in parts of China right now, COVID is actually infecting more people than ever before. And in Shanghai, one of the most populous cities in the country, Chinese authorities are taking some of the most extreme measures you've ever seen to try and keep COVID under control. China's biggest city, Shanghai, remains eerily empty. 26 million people under a massive COVID lockdown. Relying on government deliveries and anger is soaring. Social media showing videos of protests over food and medicine. A supermarket ransacked. At a building where residents have been locked down for two weeks, they shout, we only want supplies. Why are you beating people? Some citizens in the authoritarian nation are losing it. Defying the lockdown by screaming from their apartment windows into the night. It's straight out of a dystopian sci-fi movie. Some people are yelling out, we're starving. At night, between the high rises, a drone tells people to follow COVID rules and bizarrely not to sing on their balconies. Wow. You know, every time you think you know what oppression is, China takes things to a, to a whole new level. They really do. 
Yeah, because like everyone in the U.S. is like, how dare you tell me to wear a mask when I go to Walmart? And people in China are like, you're allowed to go to Walmart? <laughs> I mean, they even have a drone flying around telling people it's against COVID rules to sing on their balcony. That's terrifying. And also, why didn't we have that drone when they were making that Imagine video, huh? <laughs> I mean, at least, at least the drone is telling everyone not to sing though, you know? Yeah, it, it, would be, it would be way worse if it was just like targeting one guy like, Mr. Wong, please, you can't hit those high notes. Shut up. <laughs> because I don't care what anyone says, this is insane. Yes, COVID is a serious disease. Yes, we need to be careful. But if people are locked in their apartments, starving, surely that's worse, right? The solution cannot be worse than the problem, you know? It's like a pilot crashing a plane because the in-flight movie was terrible. <laughs> oh, don't worry, folks. Morbius can't hurt you in the afterlife. Thank you so much for flying. <laughs> and people... I don't wanna make anyone panic. I really don't, really don't. But have you ever wondered why China has the most extreme reactions to COVID in the world? Like, I, I just found myself wondering this. Every country in the world, every other country is now like, it's time to move on. Let's do it, we're done. COVID is finished. And China's like, no, it is not time to move on. <laughs> and that has me wondering, <laughs> what do they know that we don't? <laughs> It's probably nothing. <laughs> All right, our final story is about self-driving cars. You know, someday they'll usher in a utopian future where we can all text and drive without wiping out a family of four over a meme our friends have already seen. But for now, smart cars are still in testing mode. And it seems like there are a few kinks that still need to be worked out. And we turn now to California and a bizarre encounter between police and a driverless car. This morning, this video going viral, showing a self-driving car being pulled over by police in San Francisco. This is crazy. The car was pulled over because it was driving at night without headlights on. At first, it looks like an ordinary traffic stop. An officer gets out of his car to speak to the driver, only to discover... Ain't nobody in it. And then the car speeds away from the officers, passing through an intersection. Amazing. That driverless car just drove away from the cops. It's those what? It's just like it just drove away. Yeah, it may be a computer, but it's got the confidence of a white person. That was that was swag. I don't have the time for this officer. Send me the ticket in the mail. Now, apparently the company who owns this car, they say it was a glitch. That's why that happened. It's not supposed to do that. But I think we all know what happened here, man. That car had weed and was freaking out. Yeah. You could see that car was like, oh shit, oh shit. Act cool, act cool, act cool. Hello, officer, shit, drive, 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 drive. And you realize this is only gonna happen more. It's only gonna happen more. As more driverless cars become more common, this is gonna happen, which puts police in a weird position. I wouldn't wanna be a cop in that position. Like, a driverless car starts acting up. What do you do? Do you tase it? That's just gonna charge the battery. It makes things worse. <laughs> and this is how you know the robot takeover is inevitable, people. The autonomous cars are already disrespecting human authority figures. Just get ready. Yeah, it starts with them driving away from cops. Next thing is gonna be us in our houses. You're gonna say something to Alexa and she's gonna be like, play your own music, bitch. <laughs> this is the future we've been waiting for, people. If a driverless car breaks the law, there's no one to punish it. What are you gonna do? 
arrest a corporation, laws don't apply to them. It's the perfect crime. You can't do anything. By the way, I heard you snort. That was amazing. <laughs> All right. These are things you don't get without an audience. That, was, that made my week. Thank you very much. All right, before we take a break, let's catch up with what's trending on social media with the one and only Ronnie Chang, everyone. Thank you. Good to see you, Trevor. Thanks, everyone. It's good to see you guys in studio. Thanks yeah. for coming out. It's the best. I just want to talk about this Elon Musk thing real quick, yeah. okay? Elon Musk buying Twitter, amazing. Yeah. I love it. Because who better to fix the most toxic environment known to humanity than Elon Musk, right? Wait, you don't what? send a normal person to go do a sociopath's job. Okay? Ronnie, Ronnie. I love this. Ronnie, you, that makes you can't love this. Elon yeah. Musk is like a giant troll. No, no, that's what you need. You need only a giant troll can defeat other trolls. <laughs> it's genius. No, you get it. Come on. It's it, he's a smart guy. It's a South African thing, you know? It's, yeah, it's 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 you, it's Oscar Pistorius, you know, they got the they got the plan, that's a plan. He, you know he doesn't do things for no reason, okay? Look, let, look at all the pieces. Look at the pieces he's putting together, okay? He's got the uh, Tesla cars, he's got the solar power, he's got SpaceX, he's drilling the holes, he's got the brain chips, he's smoking weed with Joe Rogan, he's tanking SNL, now he's buying Twitter. Don't you see the plan? What, what is the plan? No, no, I'm asking you, do you see the plan? Because I, no, I, I don't no see the You're asking me like what, you know the plan. What he's doing, yeah, I was hoping you had some insight. No, I don't know. That. But I don't look, know he's what he's a smart doing. guy, okay? Ronnie, can you just tell us what's trending online, please? You said you're going to do social media. All right, all right, fine. You want me to read the tweets? I'll read yeah, the read stupid the tweets, tweets all right? All right, let's read this tweet. Wow, what an what a insightful tweet this is. <laughs> Happy Friday to all my followers. Oh, wow. Thank you for this poignant message. What a modern day Shakespeare. I wouldn't have thought of celebrating my Fridays until I read this. But it would make the people happy. It's just like, you know, it's like, happy Friday, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's not what you do on Twitter, okay? Twitter is for hate. Okay, you don't post this stuff, you gotta be controversial. What, what you should say something like, you should say something like, Fridays are racist. Okay, that's the most ridiculous thing. Fridays are not racist. Now we're talking about it. See, it's engagement. No, Fridays are not racist. Fridays are racist. Fridays are racist. Yes, this powers me. No, what yes. the, hey, hey. Yes. Fridays are not racist. You can't just say it. Fridays are racist. racist. Engagement. No, this is not engagement. This is crazy. What are you talking about? <sighs> That's what it's about, okay? You gotta go, gotta go hard, okay? Oh, I don't even understand oh, why my and, tweet is up there. I thought you were gonna do like social media in general. What is social media? Yeah, okay, by the way, what's up with this profile picture? Okay, because. <laughs> You look like you're taking a shit at the Met Gala. <laughs> you got to do the squats. Come on, you can learn the pose. No, that was, it was a photo shoot, and then they asked me to do that thing. Yeah, this then... is a choice, okay? You chose to do this. Okay, so rename your book uh, Born a Fashion Crime. No, what do you think? That, I, th I think that, that looks good. You know, Ronnie, I thought we were friends, man. Yeah. You're just going to diss my tweets like no, that? No, we are friends. That's why I'm going to give you the opportunity to retweet my new comedy special that's out. That you could coming out. Oh, so now, yeah. so now my tweets are worth something. Yeah. Oh, now. Yeah, oh, by the way, uh, happy, happy Tuesday.
Don't forget to check out Ronnie's new special, everybody. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but don't go away, because when we come back, Roy Wood Jr. is gonna expose the secret world of black classical music. You don't wanna miss it. It's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. no we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The day. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how... How lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Welcome back to The Daily Show. Classical music. It's hip-hop for white people. <laughs> but it's actually more black than you might think, as Roy Wood Jr. explains in another edition of CP Time. Well, hello. Welcome to CP Time, the only show that's for the culture. Today, we'll be discussing black classical music. Now, I know you might be thinking that classical music is just for old white men whose hair looks like they spent a day inside of a tornado. But black musicians have an often overlooked history of contributions in the classical music space. Take our first musician, George Bridgetower. Born in Britain in 1778, George was a young musical prodigy driven into show business by his overbearing father, the 18th century version of Joe Jackson. Well, you better get back in there and learn that violin. Before George was 10 years old, he was performing for kings and princes all over Europe. One concert was even attended by Thomas Jefferson. It's rumored that Thomas Jefferson was so impressed by the talents of this mixed race baby that he was heard saying, maybe I should make one of these for myself. Rich Tower was so famous that Beethoven himself even wrote him a sonata, which they performed together in 1803. On the sheet music, Beethoven wrote a dedication to George, which read, and I quote, Mulatto sonata composed for the Mulatto Bridge Tower, great lunatic and mulatto composer. Keep in mind, 
Beethoven was famous for knowing how things sound. Another black classical musician is Ciceretta Jones, a world famous opera singer from Providence, Rhode Island. Jones toured the world and even performed for then President Benjamin Harrison, who like many presidents from the 1800s, also worked part time as a mall Santa. Despite being unable to perform in fully staged operas because of segregation, Jones was still too talented to ignore. She became the very first African-American woman to headline a show at Carnegie Hall, which uh, actually reminds me of the old joke. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? You take the Q train to 57th Street. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Our next musician, Roland Hayes, the first African-American artist to make a commercial recording and judging from these photos, the first Mr. Steel, your girl. Although Hayes always presented raw musical talent, his career only began because of a workplace accident. His clothes got caught in an assembly line belt and it dragged him through a machine three times, nearly killing him. And while he recovered at home in a full body cast, it was then that Roland started taking singing seriously. Hayes' career took off. And at the peak of the 1920s, he was the world's highest paid singer, reportedly making around $100,000 a year. That's not very rich these days. But back then, that made Roland basically Kanye and Drake. Roland was also the first African-American concert artist to record his own record. He hired orchestras, scored the music, and hired out Columbia Studios and promoted himself as the great Negro tenor. He would even go through the phone book, and if he found a name he liked, he'd call that name and try to sell them tickets. Which means if he didn't call you, your name was boring. Wasn't no Adam Joneses at those concerts. At the ticket booth, there'd be people saying, two tickets for Mephisto Bolognese, please. So the next time you think of classical music, don't just think of Bach and Chopin. Think of the iced out players like Hayes. Well, that's all the time we have for today. This has been CP Time, and I'm Roy Wood Jr. And remember, for the culture, see if I can do a little bit of what old Roland did here. Pull a name out the phone book. Hello? Is this Charisse Dumont? Yes, can you loan me $200? Thank you so much for that, Roy. Don't go away, people. The Daily Show will be right back after this with Coach Staley. It's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you, Yes. 
those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is basketball Hall of Fame player and coach Dawn Staley. She's here to talk about her legendary WNBA career and making history as head coach of the national champion South Carolina women's basketball team. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dawn Staley. Coach Staley, welcome to The Daily Show. Oh, thanks for having me. This, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not as many people as you are normally in front of when you're coaching, but we, we make do, we make do, you know? Well, actually, actually some, some teams only get this amount of people in the stands. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, oh. we, we average about 12,000. Oh, I mean, you got, you got 12,000, so I mean... <laughs> Um, let's start with, with the, the most important part of the interview. Congratulations, first of all. 2022 champions. Thank you. Um, I'd love to know, which victory is sweeter? Because the first time is like, wow, we did it. The second time is like, you said we couldn't do it, but we did it. Right. I, I, I think the second time is sweeter. Only because the first time that we, that we won, we didn't play against UConn. And UConn is considered you know, the very best, right, their tradition, right. their history and all of that. So it wasn't really validated in 2017. But this year we got a chance to play them and, um, and it, it felt great beating them. I mean, <laughs> seriously, like... How do you control your urge to be frustrated because you are a gold medal winner, you are a Hall of Famer, you've done it at the highest level. Like, surely there's a moment where you're like, give me the ball, I'll show you what I'm telling you to do. <laughs> how, like, how do you not do that? Because... I, I actually do it. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, here's the thing, it's just like, you know, I got a dog, Champ, his name is Champ, right? I named, mean, after, yeah. named after our 2017 team. Um, so, champ, I wasn't a dog. Like, I'm not a, really a dog person. Mm -hmm. I'm a champ person. So, yeah. So, I, I train champ. Like, I tell him when something's good, and I give him, you know, great, good job. Good job, my guy. And then if he does something bad, potty in the house. No, don't potty in the house. No. So, you, you, you have to flow with 
what's happening. And now he doesn't potty in the house. He's made it to my bed. Like we get our best sleep when he's in the bed next to me. Wow. So it's the same. I don't mean to. I don't mean to just say, you know, training people is like training my. No, 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 no. no. I, but I understand but, your mentality yes. is what you're saying. The way you have to approach what you're trying to do. Yes. I understand. It's, it's, I don't, There's I don't, highs yeah. and lows. Like, right. like if, if one of our our players, if she does something that's that's terrible, I'm gonna say that's terrible. Like that's really terrible. But if they if they do something great, I'm chest bumping. I'm pumped. Fit, I'm I'm I, I give it its emotion that's needed. I love that. You know, you don't just inspire your players though. You have become a motivational force within the sport as a whole. I mean, first of all, congratulations on the contract renewal. <laughs> Right, that is like one of the biggest deals ever. And what I, what I really enjoyed about it is you didn't just push for your contract, you said, I want this deal to be negotiated through my lawyers because I want to set a precedent so that female coaches earn the same as the male coaches who are also kicking ass in the sport. And it, it was really amazing that you did that because you looked beyond yourself. I want to know why you felt it was that important to do it the way you, because some people just go, I've got the money, thank you very much. You said, no, I want to make sure that everyone in this position gets the money they deserve. So just to be clear, I was actually making a, a lot of money before the contract. <laughs> but timing, timing is everything. Like I thought, the time was right for me to ask for it. One was last year at the NCAA tournament, um, we saw there was a lot of inequities um, in the women's game and the men's game. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't get the same things. Our student athletes didn't get the same things as the men's tournament student athletes got. Right, right. So I'm out there on the national level, I'm writing letters saying this has to, it's got to change, right? So I get home and I'm just like, I'm out here nationally asking for things to change when they're not, they're, they're worse here wow. at, at our university. So I thought um, with our success that it was the, the best time to ask for it. And it wasn't really for me. It was more for um, other coaches who, who just equal pay is a law. I, I, I think everybody knows that, right? It's, <laughs> it's a law, like it's a law. Um, but it's not just for sports, but other professions. Yes, like, I know, you know exactly women, what yeah, you mean. Women yeah. have been yeah. fighting for this for the longest. And you know, if we do the same work and we're as successful, I mean, what's, what's, what's the difference? Right, right. I love yeah. that. I love that you push for that. Yeah. I love that you set a precedent in the sport. And I love that you're doing your thing. You know, people love your style on the court. They go like, like you, 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 you'll put together outfits that people love. You know, you know I, I remember there's that Letterman jacket that you had and you had like the Louis Vuittons and people were like, this is the most stylish coach and she's winning at the same time. You, you, you advocate for other women in the industry. And what I love is that you, you, you proudly advocate for black people to succeed within the sport. You do something that's really special with, with the net that I really love. You know, everyone cuts that championship net and, they, and they've got it. But what you do with it is really special. Tell, if you don't mind, would you share that with everyone? I, I will. Well, in, um, in, in 2017, um, the first black coach that won a national championship, her name is Carolyn Peck, uh, probably two years before we won, she gave me a piece of her 1999 championship net. And she said, I want you to hold this until you win your national championship, and then I want you to return it. Hmm. And then I was able to do that two years later, which was 2017. And then she said... Now I want you to go find the next coach that you give your piece of the net to. And it took about two years for me to find the right coach. 
And then finally, I was, I was actually just talking, talking with a reporter, and he asked me, who am I going to give it to? And I hadn't. And I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it to every black female Division I coach because they're looking at me and, 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 and dreaming of what I just accomplished by winning the national championship. Mm -hmm. And I, I bestowed that on them just to give them a ray of hope. Now, I don't think all of them will win a national championship, but the national championship is, is um, coaching a first-generation college graduate. Right. That's, a, that's a national championship in some people's eyes. Or, or if they're having a hard day, just touch that piece of nylon to give them the hope and the push to get through a hard day. Right. Um, now, not what you're doing it for. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now, no, I, we won another national championship. So, what I've promised is to give them to black men because their instinct in our in our in our sport, and also black journalists, because we need we need black journalists in the room to to give a different perspective. Wow. Doesn't okay. mean it's right or wrong. It's just a different perspective where we can grow. That's why you're the coach. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you. Congratulations on all your success. Wow. All right, people, be sure to follow the Gamecocks and check out Dawn's podcast, Net Life with Dawn Staley. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Thank you again. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. no we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The thing. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, Team Rubicon mobilizes veterans to help people prepare, respond, and recover from disasters. They're on the ground right now supporting internally displaced persons inside Ukraine. So if you can, please donate at the link below to support them in their work. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there. And remember, if you get pulled over by the police, just stay really still <laughs> and pretend like you're a driverless car. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 
Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.